Coming up this evening, live from New York City, an energy expert warning about blackouts in Texas this summer. What's that about and what does he suggest? The U.S. investing billions of dollars in Central America with hopes economic prosperity will reduce illegal immigration to the U.S. What are the obstacles? The conflict in Ukraine is only part of the picture when it comes to food shortage. What's the other part? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Chenny Wu here for NTD Business. Greed and collusion could lead to rolling blackouts in Texas this summer. That's the message from energy expert Ed Hers. He says there isn't enough energy to go around. But instead of building more generators, businesses are happy to reap the high prices. In Texas, when energy demand is high and supply is low, prices rise in real time. Hers says that the system should be scrapped because it's harming consumers. But he claims the Texas grid operator and even the Texas legislature have been captured by power companies and commodity traders. Hers teaches energy economics at the University of Houston. We saw blackouts in Texas in 2021. At the time, experts blamed a rushed transition to less reliable renewable energy sources. Hers agrees Texas needs more battery capacity before it can rely on wind and solar. As we head into the hot summer months, he's warning Texans to have an ample water supply and a way to cool off. ERCOT, the state's grid operator, says it's not expecting any energy shortage. The Biden administration wants to standardize electric vehicle charging for the network of charging stations it's pledged to fund. It's trying to get more Americans to switch to EVs, and a nationwide network of fast, reliable charging stations is critical to that goal. It's funding half a million stations around the country, and the new proposed rule would require them to be interoperable, just like how a gas pump works with any gas vehicle. Currently, the electric vehicle world uses three different charging standards. The charging stations would also have to have at least four ports capable of charging four EVs at the same time. The rules would also bar charging stations from requiring drivers to have a membership to use them. About $5 billion is going to states to build the charging network along American highways. By 2030, President Biden wants 50% of all new vehicles sold to be electric or plug-in hybrid electric models. He also wants 500,000 new EV charging stations. President Biden also hosting the Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles this week. At the event, he talked about the record number of illegal immigrants trying to enter the United States. A key part of his solution is to help develop Latin America's economy so that they won't need to come up. NTD's Faye Quarter looks at some of the obstacles his plan will face. When all unlawful migration is not acceptable, President Biden unveiled the America's Partnership for Economic Prosperity at the Ninth Summit of the Americas, an event where leaders of North America and South America gather to discuss the challenges and opportunities their people are facing. And a key part of Biden's plan is to decrease unlawful migration into the U.S. by helping to develop the economy of Latin America. The idea is Latin Americans won't need to move up if they're prospering where they are. We together have generated more than $3.2 billion of investment in the region. 
by the region, Harris is referring to the Northern Triangle, which is made up of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Around a quarter of unlawful migration comes from here, and migrants from South America have to pass through on their way up north. U.S. companies have pledged to invest $3.2 billion there to create jobs, give people the internet, and involve them in the banking system. Foreign aid actually has a uh, a perverse effect because it, it actually promotes corruption, cronyism, it doesn't build an independent economy. Fergus Hodgson is the director of Econ Americas, a research firm that focuses on the Americas. Hodgson doesn't see the connection between giving more aid and economic development. This aid will go through, or investment will go through all sorts of crony channels, right? So it'll be tied with government projects. It will not be just a pure independent investment in the economy. These people are are being baited with crony relationships. Corruption is a big obstacle in Biden's plan to revitalize the region. It takes forms such as bribery, stealing public goods, and even working with criminal gangs. There are many ways that the government, if they control everything, which in those countries, unfortunately, they do, would be able to get their hands on this money. David Schwartz is the president of FIBA, an international banking trade association. Schwartz specializes in Latin America and says it'll be an interesting challenge to keep that money away from corrupt officials. And there are other obstacles too. People is having this idea that um, United, the United States, by trying to uh, support uh, anti-corruption efforts is actually undermining sovereignty in these countries. Paz Gomez is a market analyst at Econ Americas. Gomez says natives may feel the U.S., a foreign country, is too involved with their institutions and is imposing its ideologies on them. Bay Quarter, NTD News. In the U.S., household wealth dropped for the first time in two years during the first quarter. That's according to a new report by the Federal Reserve. The main reason why Americans are less wealthy? A drop in the stock market. $3 trillion were wiped out. It offset a rise in real estate values. Those climbed another $1.7 trillion. This is the first decline in household wealth since the first quarter of 2020. That's when pandemic lockdowns shook financial markets. Despite the drop, households still have more money than before the pandemic. But the stock market is still weakening. That means Americans' wealth will likely take another hit in the second quarter. And weaken it did today. Stocks ended sharply lower, led by the Nasdaq. It fell 332 points, or two and three quarters of a percent. The Dow lost 638 points, or nearly two percent. And the S&P gave up 98 points, or two and four tenths of a percent. Oil prices slipped a little, but remained high. WTI at 121, and Brent close to 123. The national gas average price topped $5 a gallon today, for the first time ever. The Labor Department will release the latest consumer price inflation data tomorrow. Many will watch it for signs that inflation is peaking. Across the pond, inflation is also running at a record high, and it's still rising. The European Central Bank said it will raise interest rates for the first time in 11 years. On July 21st, the central bank will raise interest rates by 25 basis points for the 19 countries that use the euro. It will hike rates again on September 8th. Here's the ECB's president. High inflation is a major challenge for all of us. The Governing Council will make sure 
that inflation returns to our 2% target over the medium term. According to Reuters, some policymakers had advocated for a bigger hike in July. But in the end, they yielded. Initially, the rise in inflation was driven by energy and food prices as economies were coming out of lockdowns. But Russia's invasion of Ukraine has accelerated it. And here to talk to us about the European Central Bank's decision, inflation and food shortages is Daniel Lacaille, chief economist at hedge fund Tresis. Daniel, thanks for joining us. So the European Central Bank is to raise interest rates by 25 basis points. It's the first rate hike in 11 years. So first off, I want to get your thoughts on that. What is your reaction right now in light of this? I could say it's a disappointing and slow move because if you think about it, the European Central Bank at the same time has significantly increased its inflation expectations. So only hiking by 25 basis points is very, very uh, behind the curve, in fact, and uh, extremely concerning because it looks like the European Central Bank is looking at the possibility of delaying as much as possible the very needed uh, normalization of monetary policy. In fact, it is also looking at options to curb the possible increase in the yield of some of the sovereign bonds, which sounds to me like a very, very dovish position. Uh, now, you mentioned it's behind the curve, but there's concern that with the war, sanctions and uncertainty, the European economy is going to slow down even without raising interest rates. So the inflationary pressures are going to come down anyways. So then is the ECB facing a tough balancing act in light of all this? It's, it's a very good question. Uh, the ECB is stuck between a rock and a hard place. On the one hand, if it normalizes as it should, the risk of seeing higher sovereign bond yields is important. But on the other hand, if they don't, inflationary pressures will persist because it's not just about the war or supply chain disruptions. So the monetary effect of those uh, inflationary pressures has to be dealt with and quickly. Now, on the point of inflation, food prices are rising and there's concern of a shortage. Now, you've written an article on the Epoch Times. You say, besides the Ukraine war, a possible reason for a food crisis is government intervention. Now, this is interesting to me. Can you explain to us why that is? Well, think about this. Even before the Ukraine war or the pandemic, the agricultural sector in developed economies has been suffering from elevated taxes, increased environmental and regulatory burdens that have made it uneconomical to produce grain in numerous uh, developed economies, uh, particularly in the European Union. So now the problem is that many of those uh, farms and many of those crops around the, the world simply cannot come back to the market and reduce the risk created by the Ukraine invasion because it is uneconomical for them even with the elevated wheat, barley, and uh, uh, other cereal prices, no? Now, on this point of being uneconomical, can you give an example of a government policy that's led to this? Oh, let's think about, for example, the uh, increase in fuel taxes, the increase in uh, CO2 taxes in the European Union, the increase in the cost of labor uh, coming from higher 
uh, labor taxes in the European Union. Uh, so a lot of a, a lot of small things uh, that have been added over and over. But if we think about mm, figures from 2018, uh, German, uh, French, Spanish uh, crops were loss-making even before the pandemic. I'm curious, just for a contrast, how does the U.S. and Europe compare in terms of government intervention? The U.S. is a lot less than, than Europe. In the U.S., uh, labor costs are much lower than in the European Union. The U.S. does not have CO2 as a, as a tax. In the United States right now, everybody's extremely concerned about $4 a gallon. Anybody in the European Union would feel privileged to see those prices, which are uh, almost half what we're paying in most European countries. Now, a food shortage, there's many parts at play here. I'm, I'm wondering if you could tell us what can be done to avoid a shortage? It's very difficult. It's complicated. But the only way to alleviate a food shortage crisis coming from an invasion of one of the top producers like Ukraine is obviously to diversify as much as possible uh, into, in, into other possible suppliers. Daniel Lakaya, chief economist at Hedge Fund Traces, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Whether it's a PlayStation, Nintendo, or Game Boy, in order to play the game, you had to get your hands on a game console. That's how it's been for decades. But now, one of the biggest console names is making their games available right on your TV, meaning you no longer need to buy the hardware. And TD's Phil Zoe has a story. Xbox, one of the most popular video gaming brands, is allowing gamers to enjoy their Xbox games even without a physical console. Its parent company, Microsoft, is launching its Xbox TV app on smart TVs, starting with Samsung's new line of 2022 smart TVs. Customers who subscribe to Xbox's Game Pass Ultimate, which costs $15 per month, will get access to over 100 Xbox games right on their new Samsung TV. You know, what Microsoft with Xbox is doing just makes complete sense to me. I spoke with Bob Bilbrook. He's a video gaming industry veteran and is currently the CEO of business firm Capture. When you remove the hardware element of the Xbox and go to a pure streaming on a, you know, on a TV or cloud gaming, then it just becomes easier. The Xbox TV app will work pretty much like Netflix does on Samsung TVs. Players can connect a range of controllers via Bluetooth, including Xbox controllers, Sony's DualSense, and more. It naturally transitions them into that metaverse-geared gaming space and, um, you know, the, the Web 3.0 um, world that we're all moving towards. The Xbox TV app will be available on smart TVs by the end of June in almost 30 countries. Phil Zoe, NTD News. Spotify says its $1 billion bet on podcasts is starting to pay off. Yesterday, it said it brought in roughly $215 million in podcast revenue last year. Entity's Sean Marshall has more. Some may also think that we're a bad business, or at least a business with bad margins for the foreseeable future. That's what Spotify CEO Daniel X said at an Investor Day speech on Wednesday. Spotify made $215 million in podcast revenue last year, although it invested $1 billion. The CEO says the investment is already paying off. So from everything I see, I believe that over the next decade, 
we will be a company that can generate over $100 billion in revenue annually, and that we can achieve a 40% gross margin and a 20% operating margin. In just four years, they've gone from 65 markets to 183 across the globe. X said they continue to use a three-part formula. It includes making Spotify available to anyone on any device, personalization, and free service. The $200 million multi-year licensing contract with Joe Rogan showed people Spotify's commitment in investing in music alternatives. Spotify just needed to let out their plans on why they're investing so much. Sean Marshall, reporting for NTD Business News. Still to come, Uber Eats offering nationwide shipping from certain cities. That means you could get a New York pizza in Miami. Planning a summer vacation, we have tips on how to avoid racking up more debt without skipping the fun. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. The next phase of food delivery is expanding. If you live in Florida but crave a New York bagel, you're in luck. Uber Eats is now offering nationwide shipping. You can only order it from three cities right now, New York, Miami, and Los Angeles. But Uber Eats says it wants to add more cities soon. The delivery app says consumers have been asking for new offerings. To order, just choose nationwide shipping in the app when you go to place your order. Deliveries will be made via FedEx. There are also other companies that currently offer nationwide shipping, including Goldbelly. McDonald's is offering to help Georgia workers with their student loan debt. A local media reports the fast food restaurant has launched a student loan forgiveness pilot program. It's in metro Atlanta in northwest Georgia. Employees can apply to have $1,250 paid directly to their student loan lender. Workers in 264 franchise restaurants across the northern part of the state can apply for the program. But they must have worked at McDonald's for at least 90 days and are only eligible to participate once a year. No word on if McDonald's plans to extend the program to other locations in the U.S. The Federal Reserve's monthly credit report released Tuesday found consumer credit surged last month. And with the summer travel season underway, experts say it's likely more people will tap into credit cards to afford vacations. But how can you avoid slipping further into debt without skipping the fun? Here are some tips. How are you paying for your summer vacation? A new report finds Americans are relying more on their credit cards for many expenses. Consumer credit surged by $38 billion in April, according to the Fed's monthly credit report. It comes amid the highest inflation in 40 years, with prices for gas, hotels, and plane tickets surging. In April alone, airfare spiked 18.6% over the previous month, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. 
These are things that really we have no control over. However, there are ways that we can save money. Financial expert Julie Alma Taveras says the first step to avoid getting deeper into credit card debt this summer is to create a vacation budget and actually stick with it. She recommends prioritizing activities on your trip. If you're spending three, four hundred dollars on extracurriculars, maybe those are the things that you want to reduce so that you can make up for the the expenses that we cannot control that definitely are, are going up in price. Another tip is to consider a group vacation to split those high prices with friends or family and get creative when it comes to using reward credit cards. Look to see if you can use your points to pay for things. Also, realize that getting the best deal possible could mean traveling during off-peak times. Everybody wants to get out the house and of course we want to travel, but really being flexible is going to help you because there are places that are going to be more expensive. And finally, be realistic. If a vacation doesn't fit your finances this year, skip it and start saving for next year. In the wake of a record-breaking Memorial Day weekend, thanks to Top Gun Maverick, movie theaters are facing a new dilemma. Popcorn. Experts are worried a popcorn shortage could be around the corner. That's not just because some farmers are growing less corn in favor of more profitable crops. Shortages in other areas are also at play. Suppliers are having trouble getting the lining that's used inside popcorn bags. Everything from those bags to the oil used to pop the corn and the glue used for the boxes that hold that oil are at risk of supply chain issues. Since theaters sell popcorn at massive markup, they rely on it and other concessions for most of their profit margins. In Brazil, one of the largest urban farms in Rio de Janeiro is bringing relief to thousands of low-income residents who are struggling with the country's high inflation. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more. Located in a park, the farm is surrounded by many low-income neighborhoods. Fernanda da Silva Conceição started working in the garden in 2021. Like most of her neighbors, she struggled to buy food to feed her family after losing her job during the pandemic. I was unemployed, and this project came at a good time because besides planting, we sell what we plant. It is a good income for us. It helps us in this difficult time. This project has helped me a lot to put food on the table. The plan is to create a single garden running the full length of the park covering 27 acres of currently unused land. The city says the project will be completed by 2024 and will bring food security to 50,000 local families. Reducing hunger and malnutrition is one of the biggest challenges facing the government. Ten years after the UN Conference on Sustainable Development that took place here and ahead of the International Environment Day, we can show that Rio de Janeiro has not abandoned the sustainable development goals. On the contrary, it has advanced on this agenda by creating a green infrastructure that feeds people. Hunger has become the central campaign issue of former President Luis Ignacio da Silva. He has promised to address the rising malnutrition with strong government programs, like those offered during his term in office in the early 2000s. It has also left President Jair Bolsonaro scrambling to craft a campaign message to counter da Silva who leads in polls for this year's upcoming elections by double digits. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, send us an email at business at ntd.com. That's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Chenny Wu.
You can still catch NTD Evening News with Stephanie Cox at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter, too. For NTD Business, that's all for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.